0: Okay, so, Lord, I just thank you for this time together. I just ask you to help me to convey what it is that um, you have for these ladies to hear and just ask you for your anointing. And we just bind any disruptions, but, God, if there's anybody that's supposed to be here that isn't here, we just ask you to, to go ahead and, and get them here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, when I first heard the title, sometimes God just gives me titles of something, and then he'll give me a message. And so I said, so Lord, what do you want me to tell people about 2017? And he says, tell them it's the year that the empire strikes back, <laughs> 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 meaning God's empire. Mm. And I, I just, I've I got such an excitement in my spirit. Uh, I believe that the Lord said that we are really stepping into one of the church's finest hours in this time period and a time of great victory but that we must keep up the pace that a lot of things have come about as a result of the intercession of the Saints and we can't let go of that and just relax and say everything's okay now because it's not because there's a lot of warfare out there a lot of disruptions a lot of anger and hostility and I feel like that you know what the Lord said even about that is that it's time for the anger to end. And it's time for, for us to reach out with love you know, to, to everybody and just not let that fester any longer. Um, but in the meantime, it's kind of like when they were rebuilding the wall in the Old Testament where they had a weapon in one hand and they were doing the work with the other. <laughs> and he says, our weapon is this, worship. Mm-hmm. Years ago, he spoke to me and said, worship is your warship. Mm-hmm and truly you know when we worship him he inhabits the praises of his people and he comes right alongside of us and he wars on our behalf and even as he sent out the praisers ahead of the battle and won the battle so that it didn't have to occur uh... so worship is a very strong key I uh, went to the International House of Prayer in Kansas City the very first year that it it was birthed I was there for that first whole year because I just sensed that, that Prayer, praise and worship intercession was so key so important you know for the church and the tabernacle of David you know according to the scriptures is the only tabernacle that will be restored and that's what it is is it's the worship and intercession it's it's pouring out the bowls before God and so he says continue to be the watchman on the wall that he's raised up for such a time as this and to continue to pray for our leaders And I also, um, I didn't say this when I spoke this uh, on Sunday at the church that I was, or excuse me, on Saturday night for the New Year's Eve service. But since then, the Lord said, I want you to tell my people not to be afraid to pray the hard prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I said, well, like, what do you mean, Lord? And he said, my church needs to be willing to pray things like, if this person or this group of people um, isn't going to change, then wipe them out. (laughs) I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound like God. But it's in the Bible, you know. And I believe it's Psalm 35. I'll look it up for you when we're done here. But it's a whole psalm about, you know, go after my enemies. They pursue me without cause. Uh, Take them out, Lord, and, and so forth. And it's just one of the most powerful prayers for intercession when you're in the midst of warfare and for your family. And believe it or not, God is also a God of wrath. He's a God of love, but he's a God of wrath. And it's good to know that because this is the way that he's a God of wrath. He's a God of mercy. But if he sees that somebody is going to be, um, like let's say get up on a rooftop and kill everybody, (laughs) and we pray, God, I just have a sensing of this and my spirit protect us, he'll take that person out. You know, I I just really believe that. And he's with us even in war. And we forget about that kind of thing. You know, it it even says in the Bible that he teaches our hands to war. And so that's with worship as well. But we don't need to have a religious spirit about it. We need to understand that he truly will come and rescue us on our behalf. If we're in a bank and bank robbers come in and they're going to shoot us all up, he's going to send in the SWAT team to take them out. And so that's the kind of thing that I mean. Um, Not at all trying to make him be a big, mean guy in the sky, (laughs) kind of a thing. But we need to understand that he will rescue us, even if need be, to take out the enemy. And people make a choice as to whether they want to serve the enemy or not. Mm -hmm. And it really took me a long time because I just have to admit to you, I was such a Pollyanna in my lifetime. Just like, oh, there was a song out called Everything is Beautiful. And it says, and everybody's beautiful in their own way. And I was like this flower child, you know, (laughs) like, oh, everybody's beautiful. Oh, if you're just kind to them, they'll be kind back. And I was like, wow, what a lesson I had in my lifetime. And I had to realize some people really like to be evil. Mm -hmm. And so we are up against, I'm saying this because we are up against some very evil stuff in this time period. You know, what the Bible says to us, and Jesus, you know, says to us, is that we're going to go through worse times than it's ever been before or ever will be again and so um we've got to understand that and not be wimps so to speak but uh, i felt like that god said we will pay a big price if we let up in the area of intercession and we wimp out in this time period and then i felt like that he said it's time to follow the cloud And he reminded me of how Jesus said, I only do the things the Father says do. And prophetically speaking, I've had lessons in that. Like, how do you know what the Father is saying to do? But, like, if I'm ministering, um, you know, sometimes in groups of a hundred or a couple thousand people, I will have a vision of myself to go over to somebody and put my hand on their shoulder or all of a sudden they'll light up is all i know how to say and that's who i know i'm supposed to to prophesy over and so just do the things that the father says do or shows you to do and that's how he does it it's not imagination that's the spirit speaking to you and showing you um, what to do and that's how you follow the cloud (laughs) Or just an unction in your spirit of, gee, maybe I ought to go to such and such a store. Maybe I ought to turn down this street. But in that, what I felt like the Lord was showing me is so many people, and it's not even just that I had this feeling about it. I know in the natural, because I have many people coming to me like, I just don't know what God is saying to do, you know? And... And, I, and then, but then they'll tell me, well, I really felt like he said this or that. And I'm like, well, why don't you do it? Well, cause I don't know for sure if that was me or the devil or God, you know? And I'm like, well, first of all, it's not contrary to the word. So it's not the devil. All right. And you're just not smart enough to figure that out for yourself. <laughs> so who's left? <laughs> you know, so just don't be afraid, but follow the leading of the Lord. Listen, when I'm prophesying over people, especially, you know, like when I'm speaking at a Morningstar conference and we have a couple thousand people there and God TV is, you know, staring me in the face and everything else, I don't have time to question things. Mm -hmm. I'll get an impression, I'll get a download of some words, sometimes even like uh, closed captioning for the hearing impaired kind of a thing across the bottom of the screen, and you just got to go with it. Kind of like when you're, if you go to pray in tongues, you just let it roll. Open your mouth and I'll fill it, is what God says. And so that's kind of the way it is with direction. I know that's kind of a long way around it there, but what I felt like the Lord said is, don't expect a personally designed road map, notes, or other detailed directions. Just follow the cloud. God's GPS system. And uh, he said, guided and positioned by the Spirit. GPS, guided and positioned by the Spirit. And in, like in James, show us your faith by your works not just um saying oh I have faith for this or that but by actually doing it one morning um and and the prophet Bob Jones was one of my well well, he was like my primary mentor and and he used to say you know we need to um you know be immediately obedient to the spirit and and, you know, not question him all the time and so forth. And, and he said so many people miss out on their calling because of their doubt. You know, miss out or, or you doubt, you miss out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we need to follow him. But I felt like that the Lord said uh, marching and moving orders are coming forth, as well as stay put orders. And that, what again, whatever he says to do, do it. Um, do what the father says, do and nothing else. And we have to know that those directions aren't just patented like some fortune you read in the newspaper that, okay, this is the same fortune for several million people for the day. (laughs) That's divination. Okay. God has a specifically designed program for you (laughs) to follow and directions for you, a specifically designed purpose in life, just like Esther you know but even she was free to not do it if she didn't want to she was told in esther 4:14, 4, who knows whether you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this um, but if you choose not to do this you and your father's house might perish but we'll find somebody else and so again you know we need to listen to the spirit of the lord which is that unction in our spirit. It's a small still voice it's not usually the loud booming voice that you know people portraying cartoons or whatever you know God comes down I think you better do this (laughs) kind of a thing but it's usually just a slight impression just like if a car is gonna pull out in front of you you'll just kinda know in your spirit "Ooh, I better slow down I think that car is gonna pull out about the time I get up close to it And that's how he speaks to us in our spirit it's just not some woo woo spiritual freaky thing that we have to be afraid of or that we have to think we don't know Sometimes it's just an impression of, Wow, I wonder how Jan is today. Let me give her a call. And then you call her and something's gone on. Mm -hmm. Um, And to just to follow that leading. Sometimes you'll look at somebody and you'll go, Wow, they look a lot like, and maybe it's even a movie star. But God is showing you something about them that's similar to that person he's showing you. Sometimes he will use people that you know or know of to show you things about people you don't know <laughs> and so that's why they'll look like them or you'll all of a sudden think of that person when you're looking at them so we just need to kind of I don't know how else to put it, just tune in um, and quit tuning ourselves out like oh that was a dumb thought because that's the enemy, the enemy is is a condemner he's a liar and the father of lies um, but okay so back to this thing about the direction So. You know, if we move out of place just because we're suddenly bored, that, that's not God. Um, we're out of order and we'll miss out on what God has for us, where we're supposed to be at. Uh, but by the same token, if it's time for us to move out of place and we're just like, oh, I hate change, we're going to be in trouble too. We've got to learn how to trust ourselves and know that we hear God and know his voice. His word says his sheep know his voice. And so it's very important to to tune in and to obey his voice. And he just spoke this little thing to me, and he said, your instant obedience will equal instant blessings. And again, Esther 4.14, you know, you can do it or not. You know, I, I'll, I'll give it to somebody else. But who knows whether you've been called for such a time as this, and it's you that I want to use. And, you know, procrastination is sometimes as bad as not doing something because really we just wait so long that that open window of opportunity passes us by. I have a really good friend and I have held Women's Prophetic Destiny Conferences, um, well I held them every year for about five years in Charlotte, North Carolina and we had fifteen to eighteen hundred women that would show up from all over the world to come to the conferences. and. God would show me who I was supposed to have come sing or speak or teach or whatever. And this one girl, every year she'd say, I'm just waiting on the Lord, I'm waiting on the Lord. I said, "What? Well, you know, I pray about who I'm supposed to have and I feel like he tells me who and he's told me every time for you. And I said, when are you going to step out in your calling? I said, if you keep saying you're waiting on the Lord and you die and you don't fulfill your purpose call and destiny, I'll buy your tombstone and I'm going to put on it. She waited on the Lord and he came and got her. <laughs> You know, and and literally that can happen. We can just wait on the Lord so long that he's like, I might as well just take you home because you're not going to do what I called you to do. And I'm not trying to scare anybody, but my mother was like that. And I stood by her casket. She was just in her 50s when she died, but she had been a child evangelist protege of Amy Semple McPherson and had a major calling on her life. And in her younger years, uh, she was a child evangelist and, uh, did great things. Thousands of people came to the Lord. They'd set her up on soapboxes back in the 1930s <laughs> and, and she'd preach to thousands of people and bring them to the Lord. Just at five years old, she started just shaking her finger at people about how they needed Jesus and everything. But in, later in life, she gave up on her calling and she was miserable. And because she was miserable, she was mean to everybody. She was verbally mean, she was physically mean, and everything else and when i stood beside her casket and she she had died at such a young age and not fulfilled her calling i just felt like jesus please don't let me pass through this earth without walking in the fullness of all you've called me to because what a loss i mean i know i can fulfill what she was called to but why should somebody else have to fulfill it when you can and so the other thing is is a lot of times we've prayed about things and then all of a sudden an opportunity comes up and we're like Well, I mean, like we've prayed maybe 20 years for something. This opportunity comes. You're like, well, I just want to be sure this is God. It's like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) You've had 20 years of prayer into this. (laughs) You know, grab that sucker and go with it. (laughs) You know, there's a Kairos moment in time sometimes when opportunity presents itself. And and that really is this. It's like a cloudy day. and, And all of a sudden the clouds part like this and the sun comes through. And as soon as it does that... It, the, the clouds start to cl- close back over. That's a Kairos moment. And during that window of opportunity, that's what that is, um, if you jump through it, uh, everything will be provided. It's just like instantaneously, God will provide the finances, the people, whatever it is you have need of, if you will be willing to jump into th- that Kairos opportunity moment. But if we wait, we can still accomplish it, but it's going to be harder. And even you know the finances and everything else Might be a struggle to come by them, or um, opportunities, and so forth. So anyway, again, just listen to what the spirit is saying and and be obedient, and don't give up. If you've been waiting on something a long time and you know you're still supposed to wait, um, just keep pressing through, and don't give up on your calling, what you're called to do now. Listen, so much has happened uh, in this past year with me. My dad had surgery, you know, three times. First, open heart surgery bypass and triple bypass plus what do you call a valve then he had cancer in his shoulder had to have surgery for that and then out of the clear blue uh, a brain tumor that he had to have surgery on and I had to just keep on going what I was called to do like when he had the heart surgery my my daughter was there my my brother was there there was a whole host of people there for him to have the surgery and I was in Kansas City doing this big group of meetings and everything, and I just felt like the Lord said, listen, do what you're doing, because by the time you're done with this, they're going to be tired of being there, and then you take your shift. And I went ahead and did it, and some people just thought I was harsh. Oh, you're not there when your dad's having open heart surgery, and I'm like, I believe it's going to be okay, you know, and I believe God said, this is what he said, and I just had to go ahead and do that. And you know it's it's sometimes it's just that way we have to make hard decisions but years ago my son began to get in trouble with the law and everything else and he ended up in jail as a teenager 18 years old 17 years old actually was and uh, I was scheduled to speak at Morningstar on a Friday night and I went to Rick and I said you know this is what happened I, I called you guys earlier so if you don't want me to speak tonight I'll understand and he said well he said, you know what, if, he's because I said, you know, the Bible says that if your kids are in trouble or your house is out of order, you shouldn't do it. And he says, listen, he's of age now. He moved out of your house. He's doing things on his own. That's not your fault. And he said, if God would disqualify us because of our full grown kids and people would even disqualify God because a lot of his full grown kids are out of order. <laughs> and he says, now I understand if you don't want to speak because you're emotional, but the only thing is, I would just say, you got to press through that because otherwise the devil's going to have your number and he's going to do something like this to stop you every time. He says, I feel like you've got a powerful message for us tonight and that you're supposed to go ahead and speak. And so I said, okay. So I got up and the first thing I did was I said, well... I just want to thank those of you who have prayed for my son. He is in jail. For those of you who don't know, and you should have seen the people and heard him (gasps) gasp all over the room, like, oh, you know, almost like, what are you doing up there? And I said, but the good news is, which was true, he gave his life back to the Lord because of it. And then people clap, and I said, but keep praying for him. And once that was off of my shoulders, you know, I didn't even think about it the rest of the time. The anointing of the Lord came. It was just an amazing time. And so from that point on, God just began to speak to me, don't let anything start stopping you, because if you do, it'll never stop stopping you until you make a decision to stop it yourself. And, and so like I said, a lot of times we just have to press on through. And that's different than, because I want to bring balance here, than having a religious spirit and, oh, I have to be at the church every time the doors are open. That's a religious spirit. You don't. You don't have to do churchy stuff every day of your life. Because a lot of times, the best ministry we can do is to minister to our children and take them to the zoo or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, so, again, just doing what the Father says to. And I felt like that, um, not only in the area of, like, don't be a quitter kind of a thing, but tenacity will pay <laughs> off in many ways if we stay focused on our goals and reject the spirit of rejection. Uh, I will never forget how God delivered me from rejection. And I mean, not that it doesn't still try to come back on me in some instances, but I mean, I was like super controlled by the spirit of rejection in my life. And finally, one day I was like, well, rejection, I reject you. I actually spoke it out loud. And it was really like you could literally feel that spirit go like that. I felt it jump back from me. And so I just plummeted at it. I said, I mean it. I reject you, rejection. I refuse your program. And I just tell you, you have to leave. It's not me that has to stop what I'm doing. And, And I just speak the favor of God over myself. I just speak favor on my cheeks. Nobody's going to reject me in Jesus' name. And it was just very powerful. It was just a major lesson in how powerful our words are. And so in that, the Lord said, this is going to be a very key year for us to watch our mouth. To be very cautious of the words we speak. Don't murmur and complain uh, because it could kick you to the end of the line and increase your waiting time. Or you remember the Israelites missed out on the promised land entirely because of their murmuring and complaining. I want to share just a moment about the year that we're in on the Jewish calendar. It's the year 5777. And it's Ayin Zayin. Now last year was Ayin Vav. And that word vav means hook, peg, pin, fasten. And so it was a year to vav or to, you know, stick a pin in what you have and and actually look like a tent peg. Well, this year, the Zion thing is actually a crowned, like if this was a tent peg with a crown on top of it. But it's a sword. And um, the Lord said about that, this is the year that he's going to crown what you have pegged mm-hmm. with his glory and but being the year also of the sword um it's a tool that separates divides cuts off even circumcises and a year of great warfare but our warfare our great warfare will obtain great victory and of course one of our greatest swords is the word of the lord and the word of God says that, that the word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And I've, you know, read the word all these years but never knew that that terminology, two-edged sword, that it's a compound of the word die, meaning two, and stamos, <coughs> meaning mouth. And that basically what it's saying there is power comes from God's word coming into, you know, coming out of his mouth and into us, whether it's his written word or his spoken prophetic word, and then his word coming out of our mouth. That's the two-edged sword. Can
1: we say that again?
0: Yeah. The power comes from his word coming into, you know, out of his mouth into ours and then out of our mouth to others. Okay. It's that, uh, like I said, two-edged, mean, die meaning two, and stamos meaning mouth. And so, um, you know, we've obviously found out this year (laughs) that spirit of political correctness is dead, in case you hadn't noticed. (laughs) And, you know, (laughs) whether you like Trump or not, I believe that his name even is prophetic and that God is saying we're to be trumpets in this time period. It's time to sound our trumpets in Zion, our mouth. And God gave me this scripture in Isaiah 42, 14. I've held my peace a long time. I've been still and restrained myself. Now I will cry like a woman in labor. I will pant and gasp at once. And so there's time for us to speak out. (laughs) Time for us to speak out and speak up what God has put on the inside of us. And there's so many that have so many treasures on the inside. And so this is a year of... Um, you know speaking with his word the Bible as well as his words prophetically and let me tell you what there is a strong increase in the anointing upon his servants who would be willing to do this Amen. and great fruit coming forth as a result it's a year of tremendous favor and victory and redemption Joel 2 25 where he'll restore even the years the locust and canker worm has eaten And the Lord spoke to me that uh, held-up blessings are being released, um, especially even to those who are older. You know, it's not just the kids. A lot of people have been talking about how the kids have this anointing. Uh, But God needs even the older generation in this time period. And And I name even some very much older people. Again, I feel like... Uh, two things happened this past year that were a prophetic sign with people who are in the public eye one is John Glenn the astronaut died but he was literally like even he was our first astronaut but he was also the oldest astronaut to again go back up in space when he was in his seventies and then Donald Trump being elected he's the oldest man to ever take office as a president and so I believe that there are those out there Um, of the older generation and the Lord said if they're old they need to be bold (laughs) kind of a little um, rhyme there but that he's raised up the current older generation to disciple and anoint the next generation for his service and that it's really important for us to stop listening to what the world is saying about the current generation that's coming into place calling them the entitlement generation and so forth Listen, I'm turning that around, I'm saying they are entitled. They're entitled to the blood of Jesus. Woo! Thank you. That's good. (laughs) And so I'm going to agree that they're entitled, but that's what they're entitled to. Mm, Amen. And I felt like the Lord said that uh, it's going to be a year when we're going to see even campus crusades, like that term campus crusade, you know, the group campus crusade, but where many people, us, you know, go in to the campuses and take, back the territory that the enemy stole. Listen, what happened and why we saw this strange stuff we did with people out in the streets crying and it was that younger generation and everything is because they were programmed by people that went into the colleges Mm -hmm. and, you know, even a friend of mine who's a minister, his daughter got so programmed by all that and she finally told us that these groups that came in told them that if Hillary wasn't elected, that America was going to be blown up with uh, some type of a nuclear bomb, Mm. and that they knew that. And so that's what they've been told. That's why they were so freaked out. Like, we're going to be destroyed. Uh, So it's not that we need to indoctrinate anybody into some other political view. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we've got to indoctrinate them, if you will, (laughs) with the word of God, so that they don't have fear. Because to be honest, I didn't like Obama. I didn't vote for him either time. I was devastated and I was afraid he'd destroy the whole nation. He pretty much did, in my opinion. But um, I didn't go out in the streets and cry and carry on. I didn't, you know, abandon my friends or anything like that. What's happened has just been beyond. It's like a supernatural, freaky thing in a wrong way. And so we've just got to, that's why I said it's time to forgive, to forget, to go on with life, to love on people, no matter what their political opinions or beliefs are. Uh, but show the love of God, because it's God's love that brings people to repentance. Mm. And I've, I've told all my friends, listen, I don't care who you voted for. I don't even want to know. Uh, I love you. You're my friend. Let's just leave it go um, and and go forward from this point. And then, um, you know, we ha- have seen in recent time many um, of the older generation, 80s, 90s, whatever, go home to be with the Lord, uh, both in the entertainment field as well as uh, in the Christian realm. Um, People like Oral Roberts, uh, the prophet Bob Jones, John Paul Jackson, and so forth. And, you know, while there's a bit of grief in all that, and that's bad news in one way, but the good news is Whoever sat under their ministries have obtained pieces of their mantles to go forward with. And the Lord showed me when Bob Jones died and I was at his funeral, he was showing me in the spirit like little 3M sticky notes on each person in different places. Like one had it on their heart, one had it on their lips, one had it on their ears, another on their nose, another on their eyes. And I'm like, God, what's the deal with all this? And he says, well, the ones that have it on their heart, uh, when they sat under him, they received a healing of their heart. And, you know, the Bible says, Satan defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And I like what Rick Joyner says, how he um, paraphrases it. He says, in the very areas where you've been wounded, once you're healed, you then have authority to heal others. Mm-hmm. And so now that they've had their heart healed, they have that anointing to heal others. And the ones that, um, I, I forgot I had that in there, the ones that um, had it on their ears, that was for hearing. They learned to hear the Spirit better. The ones with the nose, it's like you can sniff things out. It's discernment. The ones on their lips, it was to help open their mouth to speak out the word of God. And he just went on and on you know, with several different things. And he said, when you sit under someone's ministry like that, you receive a piece of their mantle. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's through television, you've been mentored by that person that you've been following. If you're an avid follower of Joyce Meyer, you've got some of that anointing in you. And and so it's time for us to use it. And so don't let grief steal your joy or steal your inheritance. But make the passing of these saints be um, will make their lives be worthwhile in the passing in their passing by carrying on that mantle. And and that even like I said even goes for those in entertainment because God is going to use many Christians in the entertainment field to bring light where there's been darkness. And so we can't have a religious spirit about that. He is literally calling people into the entertainment field to take him there. And so, you know, when, when it happens that you know someone like that passes away, just pray that God will pass that mantle on to those who will use it wisely. And one of the things that Bob Jones and Rick Joyner and the other guys, you know, through Morningstar have always said is, uh, let my ceiling be your floor. (laughs) And so we can start out at another level than they did because we sit under their ministry and we learn from them. It's like learn from their mistakes even so that you don't make the same ones. And I felt like that, um, oh, I already talked about that, but I felt like that, one of the things that the Lord said is in this whole thing with these campus crusade type of things is that there's going to be even a spirit of deliverance that's going to come forth in the area of the prophetic where we'll be able to speak a word to somebody and it's going to instantly like, bring deliverance. Mm. So don't be afraid to speak a prophetic word that you have for somebody, whether it's in a shopping mall. Um, whether it's in a restaurant or whatever, uh, because God is, is bringing forth that type of an anointing on his people for such a time as this. I also saw tent crusades like the ones back in the 50s with Oral Roberts to bring forth healing. And, and the Lord said it actually would be like his medical crusades to bring healing to many. And it's not that everybody's going to do these things. Again... Only do what the Father says do. <laughs> Don't think, oh, well, that's cool, I'm going to do that. You know, um, say, well, which part of this am I supposed to do, Lord? And follow that, because just like David couldn't walk in Saul's armor to kill the giant, we can't walk in anybody else's personality style, anointing, or ministry to kill the giants we're called to kill. And and again, let's not have a religious spirit like thinking we have to be in church every time the door is open. Many people have gotten burnt out in the past 20 years that I'm aware of because of such a thing. You know, we had conference after conference at Morningstar, and the people just got so burnt out from working those conferences that they they left the church now. They're not even there. And they were on the prophetic teams and everything else, and it's just sad that they think they have to leave just because they're burnt out. Sometimes it's time to take a back seat for a while and to get restored. Just do nothing. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have slipped out of the kingdom or anything like that. We all need to take time aside. Even Jesus took time aside. So sometimes we need to as well. And you don't have to feel guilty about that. And if somebody says that, just say, Hey, you know what? Even Jesus took time aside. That's what I'm doing. I haven't backslid. I'm not a bad person. I'm not in sin or anything, but I just need a break. So, I felt like the Lord said, expect the unexpected in this time period. I had a friend of mine that had a dream that the weatherman was on TV and he said, I'm so sorry people, I didn't see this coming, I didn't see this coming. And I felt like the Lord said that there are things that we don't see coming that are out there. And we've got to pay attention. Um, And there's a lot of um, stuff being planned by the enemy. You know, but in the midst of it all, God's greater. Satan may have power, but God is power. And so we use the Word of God, um, worship, intercession, and so forth, to overcome what the enemy does. And I felt like the Lord said, um, we need to maintain a positive attitude. He gave me the old phrase, your attitude determines your altitude. (laughs) And that you know to have a good attitude and and as we do we're gonna see even instant suddenlies happen that we've waited a long time for what I heard him say was sudden suddenlies and a lot of people have talked about suddenlies for a couple two three years now or maybe even longer but uh, this is the time where he is going to do that Joel 225 thing and restore the years the locust and canker worm has eaten and there are going to be many opportunities that knock and God said open the door and welcome those opportunities again back to that thing about the Kairos time that I spoke of earlier um step into those opportunities while they're available because they won't be consistently available we have to step into them in the right timing timing is everything you know the sons of Issachar knew the times and the seasons and it's important for us to know our times and seasons as well and the Lord said that he's restoring kingdom finances for kingdom work it's not to be squandered but there are kingdom opportunities coming forth and and to be discerning about them and then I felt like he said dare to dream and then he then he did this little dash and he said big and he put this word big in big letters (laughs) dare to dream big and and to do Big, again, you know, I saw it in big letters. Um, And that it's a year of defining moments, fulfilled promises and dreams and even prophecies, and just do it, go get it. But that was just so amazing because when he he was doing it, I was a secretary for 25 years, okay, at other ministries. You know, I, I worked for Jim and Tammy Baker at PTL. I worked for Jimmy Swaggart. I worked for 700 Club. Um, I worked for Rick Joyner, I worked for Derek Prince, and I worked in different churches. And so having that secretarial anointing, sometimes that's how God speaks to me, is through words. I'll even like see myself typing something, and I'll look at it. (laughs) Or he'll do the closed captioning for the hearing impaired across the bottom of the screen when I go to minister to somebody. I'll just get these words going across in front of you, or I'll get this video vision that's like, clear plastic over top of you I can see through it but all of a sudden it's a video of something and then he's doing the words across the bottom of the screen and so that's what happened in this case about where he said tell my people dare to dream big (laughs) and dare to do big and when that word big came out it was like it poofed like a fireworks and, and really huge and um, I felt like the Lord said that there are uh, some single, older people that are, are going to get married in this time and season. Uh, all of a sudden, even on Facebook, some of my friends who are older, who have been single for a long, long time, you started seeing them getting married. One lady is 72 years old. And, uh, and so I heard the voice of the bride and the bridegroom is going to be heard in the church again. And that's not just, you know, Jesus and us, uh, but that it was a literal. And so if you have single friends who um, all of a sudden have that unction, uh, that desire in their heart, what the Lord said is, he wouldn't dangle a carrot in front of somebody. That since that has returned, it's because there's going to be a fulfillment of that. But he also used it to say this. It's not just that. It's other dreams that people have had and they've laid aside. But that was just an example of one of the things. And, and so it's time. It's time to dream big. Ask with maturity, <laughs> but to dream big. And then he gave me this verse for the new year. It's in Psalm 65, 11. And it's, you crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance and um, last night when i couldn't sleep the lord began to speak to me about something else and i'm going to pull it up here if i can because <coughs> i want to share that with you I've got a couple more minutes here before somebody gets here i felt like that he said in addition to all of this stop being self-deprecating mm. He said self-deprecation is out. That when you do that, it actually is that you are word-cursing yourself. And it has nothing at all to do with being humble. Whenever you do that, it's agreeing with the enemy's lies, and he's a liar and father of lies and the accuser of, of the brethren. I love what I heard Rick Joyner say one time. He said true humility is agreeing with God. So if God says, hey, i um, I'm going to have you teach this group and you're like, oh, I'm not worthy or, you know, I'm not trained enough. It's like, well, you know, I'm scared half to death, but nevertheless, because you said to do it, I'll do it. Like the disciples, when he said to cast the nets on the other side. Well, we already tried, but nevertheless, because you said it, I'm going to do it. And so I felt like the Lord said, it's time to agree with him and quit sabotaging ourselves by agreeing with the enemy's condemnation and word cursing. And that those self-deprecating word curses actually halt favor and blessings. I'm dumb. I'm stupid. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. And so God said to repent of that and instead speak blessings, favor, God's word, and the name and blood of Jesus over yourself. Because it's time to fight back against the enemy you know when again when he delivered me from that spirit of rejection um, Rick Joyner actually prayed over me and he said God I just ask you to give Joni a resume that shows her what all she has and when he was done he says, I feel like you're supposed to like actually write up a resume different things you've done in the kingdom um, and he says in areas where you've been wounded and healed because now you have authority to heal others and so I did that I actually put on my Facebook, I'm not my Facebook, on my website uh or org, you can go there and I put there my resumes, my work resumes, work history, as well as my spiritual resume all the things I had done in the church and I was like, wow I guess I might, do, I might actually know what I'm doing, <laughs> you know, but he just, he said, you need to know what you have on the inside of you that you can tap into and so it's not a pride thing or an arrogance thing. No, it, it's a humility thing of agreeing with God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you were going to apply for a job, you'd do a resume. So if you're going to apply for some kingdom jobs, um, then you need to do a resume that way. And so he said, take stock of your skills, abilities, and even your experience. Uh, Because in the areas where you've been wounded and healed, you now have the authority and understanding to help and heal others. And again, Satan's defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So even stuff you did bad, but that God delivered you from, don't let that be a sword over your head, but let it be a sword in your hand to destroy the plans of the enemy. In your life, continually, just to remind the enemy, you know what, you might have done that, but I win. (laughs) I win. Uh, a little while back, the Lord told me, He said, um, I haven't taken you from drama to trauma. I've taken you, the enemy has, but I've taken you from glory to glory, victory to victory, as my word promises. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But, you know, there's a lot of things that, um, that I was through this past year. Even this past year, it was a a bad year, 2016. Um, Like I said, those things that happened to my dad, Then I ended up hospitalized in June for a week and off the road for three months and traveling and doing meetings like this is how I make my living. So that was really rough. Um, And then I took a stand during the election and everything and lost friends over that. And then my son had a fall and has a fractured neck, uh, two fractured vertebrae and disc from C2 down to C7 are bulging and he's in a lot of pain and I've had to take him in and take care of him even while I'm away I'm having to make sure that he has what he needs at home I had to get a hospital bed I only have a one bedroom apartment tiny one Uh, my whole apartment would fit in these two rooms (laughs) I mean less than this (laughs) and had to bring in a hospital bed and put in there and take care of him and my grandson had a knee injury and surgery my brother up in Pennsylvania um, ended up in the hospital. Just, you know, some terrible things that happened this year. But, you know, we have a choice whether we uh, let these things stop us or not. And, you know, because the good news is that everything that happens, you know, God works all things together for our good. I had moved out to Arizona, and... Um, some bad circumstances erupted from that I really believe that I did what God told me to but then he told me get out and leave and go back to the Carolinas so I did that so it was a move across country twice in one year and then like I said I ended up with really a total physical collapse uh, in the hospital. Uh, I just thought I was tired from doing all the traveling and everything but lo and behold somehow like all of our bodies have an e coli virus in it in some way and it's not the e coli you get on food but this e coli virus just because i was tired and everything took over my body and it was all through my kidneys and everything else and i was like collapsing trying to stand up just collapsing had to hold on to the side of the apartment building to take my dogs out to walk them and everything and I was like, oh, I'm just such a wimp. You know, I've got to get over this, taking more vitamins, whatever. And and finally I had to go to the hospital. And I was really sick. Um, and I had to learn it's important for us to take care of ourselves too. And not to ignore the physical things. You know, and I I had lost 200 pounds. Um, I gained back 50. <laughs> And so I was really angry at myself, but God said, you've kept off the other and now you're going to get that back off again and just pick up where you left off. Don't let setbacks, you know, I mean, I was in bed or on the couch or whatever. I just really couldn't do anything. I was so sick for three months. And I even had an internal bleed in my intestines that they just could not figure out why it was there, where it was coming from. Had all kinds of tests and everything. So, you know, but I lived through it, and I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we've got to not let those things eternally stop us. But sometimes, like I said, we do need to take time aside. And so, you know, when that happens, do it. But don't let it stop you eternally. <laughs> we've
1: been praying for the prophets because it's kind of brought to our attention that a lot of these, the usual restrictive prophets and minister to others have been under attack in the past year so people know and are covering you just so you know that thank you
0: and you know what i'm am, i'm am aware that it's prayers of the people that have done that that kept me alive mm-hmm. i am not joking at all you know people say like don't be on facebook or this or that if i hadn't have been and i hadn't have let people know what was going on i think i would have been dead mm-hmm. i really do but it's the prayers of the people that, that kept me alive, and I so appreciate that. So I just thank you. Mm-hmm. And very seriously, that's worth gold. Yeah. <laughs> more it than seems gold. like now more than ever. Yeah, you know, I think like there's yes. that clashing of the, of the swords mm-hmm. that's oh, yeah. taken place. Are you hearing anything um, about, just prophetically, about Trump and Israel or US and Israel? Or, I mean, what? I so love that he put on Facebook, or not Facebook, Twitter. Uh, hold on Israel, I'll be there in 20 days, you know. (laughs) I believe if we can just make it through this time until he's in there. He has a great relationship with Netanyahu. Mm -hmm. Netanyahu publicly has put things out about it and everything else. I don't understand why Obama would want to do what he's doing as his legacy to go out. Because really, he had a wonderful legacy of being the first black president and so forth. And he's ruining his reputation in this. The people that were still for him, who love Israel, the Christians, are really up in arms about him now. It was—it's a terrible move on his part. Why do that? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Uh, I believe there's danger there, but we just need to pray. And like I said, that's one of the—you know—I didn't really want to make a political statement unless somebody asked me. But you asked, so <laughs> um, I just—you know—I believe that we're supposed to. Um, really make that a serious matter of prayer. I put it on my Facebook and, and said that too, because it's just, it's, it's stupid. It's a stupid move. I don't get it. Like I say, I don't like him, but I don't want him to have that bad of a legacy, because the truth of the matter is, it's also, he's also bringing a curse on himself and our nation. You know, the Word of God says that the nation who divides Israel will they themselves be divided. And one of the prophetic implications of that is that many of my male prophet, uh, older uh, mentors, have said that if we as a nation help to divide Israel, that's when the New Madrid fault will blow and our nation will literally be divided down the middle. Literally. We will be like I
1: don't know what the Madrid Fault
0: is. New Madrid Fault Line is an earthquake fault line that goes down the middle of the United States basically all along the Mississippi River. From all the way down in Louisiana all the way up to the Great Lakes. And I had a dream years ago, not knowing that, that there was an earthquake that happened and that the Mississippi River went backwards up into the Great Lakes and out into the New York Harbor. And then the water from the ocean flowed back through like flushing a toilet. And then the eastern half of the United States was separate from the western half of the United States. And um, then I came across information about the New Madrid thing. And even met with some people who actually work. uh, Like literally they are preparing everybody along the fault line. Because here's the deal. Unlike California... There have been no burps. You know, California is less dangerous than the New Madrid because at least it has daily little burps where there's a 2.4 or a 3. whatever all along there. But there is such pressure built up along the New Madrid fault line that when it blows, and hear me on this, I've talked not just to people who think they hear something spiritually. These are people that are in the USGS, that are in like Homeland Security, FEMA, and all that, and they say when it blows, it will be a 9.5 to maybe a 10. Now, that's pretty serious. It will be felt coast to coast, um, and it will literally divide the nation. There are, if you, um, uh, let's see, I'll try to pull this up real quickly here. Um, There are pictures online um, of the, hold on. New Madrid fault line of what they expect is going to happen if that blows. Images. See? So here you go. Here's one right here, put out by the Navy, and it shows the eastern half of the United States separated from the western half of the United States.
1: Really. I feel like when, like
0: when right there. See? Mm hmm. Wow. Well,
1: United States is responsible. My response sure. to it being internally, no, it's a rogue a rogue agent, is what Obama has become because the United States as a whole still supports Israel. He's speaking out of a rogue spirit, and our true feelings. Oh, I'm sorry, Trump here's the Navy Trump,
0: one he's right, he's right here. This not what the asked, United is like, what it's not the United ask States.
1: Her. and she said, well, wow. ask that too. So okay. What no, her. Her. She said her spiritual father. Joni, would you comment again about, about what your spiritual father said, that this will be the thing that would cause the Madrid fall under blow. What would be the thing? Dividing Israel? Dividing Israel. Dividing Israel. Right. Dividing Dividing Israel.
0: Israel. Because the Bible says that the nation that divides Israel, will they themselves be divided.
1: Right, but plan for peace and all that was under Condoleezza Rice and then the Bush years, not the Obama administration. I mean, I think he, he's as guilty as can be, but I'm saying... Yes. It was yeah, I mean.
0: <laughs> oh, he wasn't. He didn't say Obama at the time. He just no, said. No, no. I'm
1: just saying we're so deep into the guilt of it that, yeah. I mean, that we would propose to, to that we would broker peace by dividing their land. That has been ongoing U.S. policy. Oh yeah. And we have seen that fallout from that for Katrina and other things, oh, yeah. I think. And so I think we will. We may. As soon as I heard what Obama said, I was just like, I got on my knees, and I was just like, God.
0: Oh, I know, I about fell on the floor. Have
1: mercy for, on our nation. Don't let there be another natural disaster in 20 days, or however many days we've got, until yes. our leader can say, this is not the heart of the people. But I don't know what you know, there's going to be. He's a righteous God. There's always yeah. a fallout from it.
0: Well, you know, the Bible says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I'll heal their land. And I felt like in that, the Lord said He could literally heal even the earthquake fault lines, that He could, under the ground, take the lava from volcanoes, put it into the earthquake fault lines just like welding material and heal and seal them up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and I just, I cried out to God literally out loud when I heard, you know, what was going on. I just said, oh, dear Jesus, please don't take it out on our nation because this group of people, Obama and the others are doing this. Just stop them and... um you know, forgive us. Look what we've done. Look what we've accomplished this year so far. You know that this isn't the heart of the people of America. It's some people who are in leadership and just don't let it happen. But God, please don't take it out on America, please. I just was begging him.
1: I think people all around the country and the world were doing the same thing. He knows the heart of the people. you were begging, I was kind of begging. My prayers sounded like that similar, or something I could Maybe there are thousands of intercessors who there saw There are. That. I mean, even I don't think even any believer the UN heard that was unaffected by it. And right. even the U.N. decision that we did not veto and we could have vetoed. It, right. It
0: just, well, it's just... Well, the possibility is, this and this is what I've heard um, in the natural, that once Trump is in, we actually might pull out of the United Nations. Well,
1: we should have done that. twenty years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope so.
0: Because you know that's in the Bible. That's the ten horns.
1: Remember when I was, we, I was a girl. There were stickers, bumper stickers that said, um, "Get us out of the UN. I don't remember that. And I did not even know what that was. Like, what is yep. that? I remember that years ago. Does anybody else remember that? I don't remember
0: that. I don't I don't remember, either, but...
1: it's just because <laughs> people down in Selma know the Nova truth. Okay. Small town Alabama. Amen.